This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. We will get started with uh, making our confession about this book, this wonderful book. <clears throat> if you'll hold your Bibles up, we have, we have our little saying that we, we've been doing this, I saw some notes, and we've been doing this since 2011, so we've been doing this a while, so it should be in all of us. <laughs> all right, this is my Bible. It's God's Word to me. It strengthens me. It refreshes me. It's medicine to me. I love to read my Bible. All right. Okay, we're just going to go right into this wonderful Word and trust the Lord to help every one of you, that there'll be something that I say that the Lord has given me for every one of you that just really encourages you tonight. That's my prayer. So, Father, we commit this time to you, and we thank you, Father, that you have this word prepared for this precious group and that the teacher is the Holy Spirit and I yield to you Holy Spirit to flow through me and bring those things out that you would have spoken tonight. We give you all the praise and the glory for every good thing that is, takes place tonight in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Okay this is um, healing is one of my favorite things to talk about and, and teach and share is just such a beautiful gift God has given us. And I know you're here to learn about it. You're here to grow in your faith for healing and receive everything that God has for you uh, as his child. So I wanted to start tonight with, um, in, let me get my notes, uh, Luke 13. I'll try to give you a little time to find scripture, but jot it down on your little note uh, pad in case you, uh, you don't get to it before I start. <clears throat> but Luke 13, verse 10 says, now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath day. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could, could in no was raise herself up but when Jesus saw her he called her to him and he said woman you are loosed from your infirmity and he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God and the rulers of the synagogue verse 13 talks about they didn't like him doing that on the Sabbath day but verse 15 Jesus said uh, you hypocrites does each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it away to water so ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And I want to talk tonight about being loosed from the things uh, that the enemy brings against us. Sickness is certainly one of them. Uh, just things that debilitate a life and cause it not to be able to function the way God plans for you to function in life. And that is a, a freedom that he has for each one of us. But he said, you are loosed. This woman did not have, uh, this woman had a, a covenant with God and she ought to be loosed, he said. She ought to be. And that's what he would say to each of you. We all have a covenant with him because we are children of his and we ought to be free. 
we should walk free from sickness and disease and, and the, the, um, the things that the enemy comes against our lives uh, for, for sickness and other things as well. But he, he said, you ought to be free. You ought to be loosed. And I like the way the message uh, in verse 16 says, you untie your cow or your donkey and lead it out to the stall. Why isn't it all right to untie this daughter of Abraham? And that's what that word means. It's, it's untying. And you, if you see the a disease or a sickness or some kind of infirmity that you're dealing with tied to you, well, you're going to get good news tonight because Jesus has already untied you from that. And he's, you're going to learn how to walk in that freedom of being untied from whatever you're dealing with physically and even mentally. There's some, there's some things that the enemy has come against minds and, and uh, to cause problems and difficulties and, and um, you know, just depression and things. He's loosed you from that too. So you can receive all of the freedom that he has for each one of you. But he, Satan had had her bound. And so we know that sickness and disease and all of these negative things that come against our lives are the work of the devil. He had her bound. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. But Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Being untied and unloosed, loosed from these things that come against our, our minds and our bodies uh, is an abundant life. It's something that we can enjoy life. He gave us these things to enjoy life, the freedoms and the deliverances. He wants us to enjoy life. Uh, he wants us to, to walk in freedom. Freedom is a beautiful word, and it's all in Scripture. He came to set the captives free. And Luke, if you look into Luke 18, 418, Jesus tells what he came to do, and it's all freedom, 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 liberty. It's all his, his desire for his children. So I want you to grab a hold of that word tonight, knowing that I can be free. I can be untied and loosed from anything the enemy has brought against us. And you know, 1 John 3, 8 is such an amazing scripture. If you want to jot that down or if you have time to turn to it, I don't want to go too fast, but I have a lot of things to cover. But this is, this is really so powerful. 1 John 3, 8 it says, he who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. You know, the purpose of someone is the reason they came, the reason they're here, the reason they're doing what they're doing. This was his purpose, is to destroy the works of the devil, and that includes sin, that includes sickness, that includes oppression, that includes mental anguish, that includes everything that comes from a, a, a very negative, oppressive place. Jesus' purpose was to destroy those, and that word destroy, you'll love this, it means to loose and untie. He came to loose and untie the works of the devil. That works is, uh, as I've studied that, looked that up, it's his acts, his deeds, and his doings. So he's not hard to find. He's not hard to detect. Anything that's negative, anything that takes away from you, anything that's trying to steal from you or destroy things in your life is the work of the enemy. But Jesus came to destroy his works. So how do we walk in this? We know that we can find it in Scripture. 
And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And uh, so get excited. Get excited. You're going to see things and hear things that you're just going to walk out of here freer. So I'm counting on it because the word of God is true and it's right and it works. <clears throat> but this is what he did for that woman. He said, ought, she not, to, ought not she to be loosed? Uh, and uh, because she had a covenant with God and so do we. We have a better covenant than she had. She was still under the old covenant. We are in a new covenant that has established on better promises. So um, we are so blessed to be a part of the family of God. Uh, the word salvation, I wanted to just kind of <clears throat> talk about that for a minute because when you were born again, you were saved. You were saved from uh, perishing and ending up in hell when you leave this earth. But it has so much, uh, uh, such a rich, rich uh, definition. There are three different words in the New Testament that talks about that word salvation. I'm just going to mention one, which is kind of the, the main one. The others are very similar to this. But the word sozo, C-O-Z-O, and it means to save, to heal, to cure, and to deliver. It saves from spiritual death by forgiving sin and its effects, the stuff, the works that sin work in a person's life. And heaven, you get heaven when you die. But it also saves from physical death by healing. That word saved. When you got saved, he saved you from perishing in hell. So you have a home in heaven waiting for you. But he also saved you from, from being sick on this earth. Isn't that good news? Oh, my goodness. I just, I'm so thankful for healing. I'm so thankful for good health. It's just uh, such a blessing and such a gift from God. And he wants each of his children to really embrace it. Jesus paid such a price for, for our healing. I want us to um, look at Isaiah 53. And I'm going to read it from... Uh, a translation, it's called the Leeser, um, Isaac Leeser, and he was, let me tell you a little bit about him. He lived in the 1800s, and he was an American Jewish rabbi. His translation of the Old Testament is from the traditional readings of the Hebrew scriptures. So let's start with verse 3. He was despised and shunned by men, a man of pains and acquainted with disease. And as one who uh, hid his face from us, was he despised, and we esteemed him not. But, verse 4, he, uh, only our diseases did he bear, himself, himself, and pains he carried, while we indeed esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Verse 5, yet he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and through his bruises was healing granted unto us. Don't you love that word? Healing was granted unto us. We hear the word grant, somebody received a grant, well it was something given free, it was something bestowed, it was something handing, handed over to somebody. It's a grant. It cost them nothing. It cost us nothing. The healing that he, he uh, gave, for, gave us didn't cost us anything. It cost him everything. I mean, he, when he hung on that cross, he had the stripes of the wounds, the bruises placed upon his back. And as you, as you, if you dig into that study, it's painful to read, and it causes you pain because he has what they used on him to uh, inflict those stripes, those wounds, was so horrific 
that it, it just it's hard to read. But he did it. He did it. Uh, he obeyed his father, and he did it because he loves all of us. He didn't have to do that to, to die on the cross. He just could have gone and died on the cross, and he saved us from hell. But this is just something he did extra for each one of us so that we might walk free from the horrors down here of inflicting the, the uh, sickness and disease and the torments that the enemy would like to do against our physical bodies. <clears throat> but he, uh, the word born means to, he took it upon himself and he lifted off the diseases. Carried means the burden of pain was taken off of us. And uh, Isaiah saw this. I, Isaiah wrote these things. He was a seer. He saw it in the future. And he wrote this about over 700 years before Jesus was born. So he, we, he predicted this, that this is what was going to happen. And he was absolutely so accurate. It happened exactly as he said. But he was a seer. So I want you to see what he saw. I want you to see your sickness, whatever you're dealing with, lifted off of you. I want to, you to see the pain that you're experiencing carried by the Lord. So you see yourself free. That is the first step in your uh, getting deliverance and, and uh, you're seeing uh, your freedom in your body, your healing, just beginning to see the truth of what he did for us. And when, uh, when uh, this was accomplished over 700 years before Jesus was born, it was a settled fact in the mind of God, and it did not ever change. It's still there. It's still for us. So see yourself, begin to see yourself free, free from whatever you're dealing with. And not just the moment, not just what you're dealing with now, for the future. That anything that the enemy would try to put on you, that you see yourself free from that and you don't have to receive it. We do not have to receive those things. They've been untied. If the devil tries to tie something back on you, tell him, no, I'm not having that. That does not belong to me. Jesus bore that for me. He carried that for me. He lifted it off of me. It's a settled fact in the realm of the spirit. We live on this earth and we deal with natural things. But as we believe the truth of the word of God, that these things are a spiritual uh, accomplishment for us, and we enter into that with our faith, uh, we, we will see victory after victory after victory. That's another beautiful word of scripture. He, he loves the word victory. He does. <clears throat> but it's yours. Take it all. Okay, let's go to Matthew 8, 16 and 17. This was Jesus living out the prophecy that Isaiah had given over 700 years prior to this that we just read. Matthew 8. When evening had come, they brought many to him, speaking of Jesus, <clears throat> to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. It's just, it just thrills me to see, read these words that are just exactly what, what Isaiah 
predicted, what Isaiah saw and prophesied. And Jesus walked it out. He fulfilled that prophecy when he was on this earth. Granted, healing was granted this people. And, and look at the word all. He healed all. He didn't turn anybody away. So when we come to him for healing, he's not going to say, mm, not, mm, don't want to do that today. No, every, every time. I'm telling you, it thrills him. The Bible says it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. If you want to make the Lord happy, believe his word and act on his word and receive what he has for you. The price he paid was so enormous. We cannot put it into words. So huge. He paid, he bought us with his own blood. Now let's go to 1 Peter 2, 24. That was um, Jesus fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah. So 1 Peter 2.24 is Peter, and we know that Peter saw this. He saw the, the crucifixion. He was there, one of the disciples. <clears throat> Just verse 23 speaks a little of Jesus. He said, who when he was reviled did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Verse 24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes or wounds you were healed. He puts it in a past tense uh, verbiage. He's, it's, it's happened. He saw, he saw what Jesus looked like on the cross. He and the other disciples we know were standing back, but they saw. They saw what he, he was marred so beyond recognition. He, and he saw what Jesus went through for, for our healing. But he said, it was done. I was there. He didn't say this, I was there, but he was. But he looked back at the cross. So he, know, he knew that it, it was a, such a, a settled fact that it took place. And he knew, he knew uh, what Jesus did when he walked the earth. He walked with him. And he was healing everywhere. He, he healed many, many, many multitudes. He healed individuals. He stopped for an individual. He healed crowds. There was, there was one uh, particular scripture that says he healed everyone that needed healing. So no one went away who, who really wanted healing. He, he received, I mean, he uh, received them and ministered their healing to them. But let's look at also, we're here in Peter. Let's look at 2 Peter 1 3. It says, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who's called, who called us by his glory and virtue. So when we find knowledge in scripture, we find the knowledge of what he's, he's provided for us, it's going to pertain to life. And healing pertains to life, well-being, mind, body, uh, spirit, it is, all pertains to life. And he says he's given that to us. He's given it all. And it's through the knowledge of his word. If we find the scripture through the knowledge of his word, we will be able to have faith and we will be able to receive what he has provided for us. Healing pertains to life and it is a gift. It is a gift. Uh, let's turn to Matthew 15. Verse 21. <clears throat> 
says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. She was not, she didn't have a covenant. She didn't belong to any, uh, uh, you know, they didn't have a uh, she didn't have provision. She didn't have promises that she could uh, receive from. She was outside the covenant of God. She was outside the realm of God's people. So it didn't belong to her. But he answered her not a word. And Jesus wasn't being rude. He had to be led by what God was going to tell him next. He didn't act on his own. You will see that if we read in the Gospels, he talks, he said, I don't say anything that the Father doesn't tell me to say. So he was waiting on the Father here to give him direction. <clears throat> so he, uh, his disciples came and, and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So he heard from God. And the Lord was saying that, that's not who you're to minister to. They don't have a, she doesn't have a covenant with me. And that the, the, these things are for the covenant people. And it would be opened up to the Gentiles later, thank God. That include all of us. Praise God. I read those scriptures about it being uh, uh, included for the Gentiles. And I rejoice over that because we, we are in there. You know, we are non-Jews. So that's a part that was given to us. It was opened up. But right here, it was not really what she was supposed to, to partake of. But she came and worshipped him. She showed humility. She showed respect. And uh, he, it got her his attention because I know, I know he saw faith. It was because faith gets the attention of God. It draws him to the person that has faith. There's something about faith. I love faith. I have sensed it on people before, and I, you know, you just recognize they've got faith, or you can feel it on somebody. And Jesus did, but He told her, He said, "It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs." And she said, "Yes, Lord, but even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table." Then Jesus answered and said to her, "O woman, great is your faith." Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was uh, made whole, made sound from that very hour. So it was that faith that he responded to. And he moved, he moved on her behalf and set her daughter free. He spoke the words and her daughter was set free. But he called healing the children's bread. And I want to kind of focus on that for a little bit. Children's bread. You think about bread. Bread was very important in the, in the, in the Bible. I mean, that was something that was just meant, you know, when people had bread, they were sustained, they were nourished, it was healthy bread, it wasn't, you know, some of the stuff that we can get at the stores today, but it was full of nourishment, and, and it was rich and healthy, and he called healing a provision, a bread that belongs to the children, and, and God hasn't changed. That bread belongs to you. And it's rich, and it's full of, of uh, everything you need to be whole. And he said, it's the children's bread. It belongs to you. And I, I like what um, the, uh, in the Psalm 23, verse 5, when it talks about there's a table prepared for us, and there's bread on that table. There's a lot of good things on the table that the Lord has prepared for us. He says it's in the presence of your enemies, so we know it's on this earth. There aren't any enemies in heaven, so it's on this earth. 
So there, it's provided for you. So what, what you do is find out from Scripture, from the knowledge of His Word, what's yours. Not only healing, but there is provision, there's, there's uh, uh, protection, there's deliverance, there's all kinds of good nourishing things for our lives and freedoms through that bread. Deliverance and healing belongs to you. It's the children's bread. A healing, the New Testament word for heal means restoration of health, cure, and deliverance. The Old Testament word, it's one of my favorite words in, Old, in the Old Testament for healing is rapha, and it means doctor. And it means to cure, to mend, to repair, restore health, physical, and it's physical healing. So um, just a restoration and a cure. So no matter what, what place you are with your physical, with your need, your health, whether you need something just mended, if you need something restored, if there's something that just doesn't work anymore, this, this healing, this bread can change that situation. And, and that life that is in there, change whatever it is that you're dealing with that has been difficult for your body to function, to, to uh, be what you should be, to have that abundant life. So um, re- receive, accept, uh, accept that revelation that it belongs to you. It's a part of salvation as well as we read, but it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a provision that is eternal. It, it's, it won't ever end, no matter how old you get. And I'm g- going up there in years. And I have, <laughs> I have, uh, have known the faithfulness of God to heal all these years. I've learned early on in my walk with God that He was a healer, and I just, I took it. I just thought, mm, I want that. And He's healed the little things. He's healed the big things, and He's faithful for everything. And uh, He has never let me down, not at all. He's never failed me, and He won't you either. So learn what's yours, take that bread, hold on to it, enjoy it, and let it nourish your life. Um, Let's go to um, Mark 10. As I said, it's on the table, but you have to go get it. I know when, (laughs) when I was a kid growing up, we grew up out in the country and and, uh, you know, kids were all over the place. Everybody had a lot of kids, and we were outside playing, and when the meal was ready, somebody opened the back door and said, come and get it, and here we came. So <laughs> that's what God's saying. It's on his table. Come and get it. There's bread. It's healing bread. It's delivering bread. It's restoring bread. Come on. Come on, kids. I want you to eat it. There's plenty. There's not any, any uh, lack at all. There's plenty for everyone. Mark 10. just want to focus on uh, something that this blind man, he's blind Bartimaeus, what his conversation with Jesus was, and it's something that we all need to know. Um, let's see. Let's look at verse 50. 
because Jesus called him. He was hollering after Jesus. He said, have mercy on me. And verse 50 said, throwing aside his garment, which was an act of faith, because he had a begging garment. He, had a, uh, he was blind, so he had to have a legal right to beg. So his garment, he threw it aside. It's like, I'm not going to need this anymore. So he rose up and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabboni. Uh, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight. I want us to look at the word received. The word received is the same as, you know, you could say take. Take. Take the healing. He took the, he took the freedom from blindness. But he said, uh, and that's what his, his statement was, I, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said, receive your sight. This is important for us to know. We have to receive. We have to take it for ourselves. There's a Godward side and there's a manward side. And if we don't do the manward side, then we won't enjoy the God being able to do his part. He, has, he requires faith. Faith is not hard. Some people have made faith such as this thing way out there. But it's not. It is a simple uh, act of our belief. We believe the word. So we take it as our very own. And then we act on it. And that God sees that. It's faith. And he, that's what moves him. He's a faith God. So he has to have faith from us. That's a trust. I love that he has, he has um, established this, that we, we have to believe things before we see anything change. We just believe his word. And when we do and step out and receive what's ours, uh, then that he has provided, then we're going to see the results of his part being manifested to us. Luke, uh, let's move, move over to Mark eleven twenty four. 24. <clears throat> let's, let, I'll start with 22. It says, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And there's a big lesson right there. I don't have time to go into it. But you say to the mountain, what's the mountain you're dealing with in your life? What, you know, what is it? It's got a name, most likely. There's something named that you're dealing with. And you can speak to that and say, go, get away from me. He said, it will be done. Rebuke those things that, are, that the enemy has brought that is, is causing you difficulty and problems and, and misery and say, stop it. Get off of me. In the name of Jesus, you go from me. And that's what he says. If you speak to it, to get away from you, and you don't doubt that it'll happen, it'll happen. Whatever you say will happen. He's a, he trusts the name. Trust the name of Jesus. It represents everything that he is. And when you speak that name, every knee, every demon in hell has to bow its knee and obey that command that you give in the name of Jesus. He does the work. You speak the word. He does the work. It's nothing that we can do anyway. It's him. He gets all the praise and all the glory. And we are so blessed he gave us his name. And we can speak it and say, get, go, stop it. And it has to obey and rest in that, trusting that word, that name. And when you're ministering, don't, don't be afraid. The enemy's defeated. Jesus defeated him. He destroyed his works. We've already read that. But he's defeated the enemy. 
He is defeated. So you don't have to be afraid that you're going to, oh, no, what's the devil going to do now? Don't worry about the devil. Jesus has taken care of him. You just step, keep going forward in faith and say, you're not having me. You're not having my kids. You're not having my family. You're not having my, my physical body. You're not having anything that comes to steal, kill, and destroy from me. You are defeated, and I'm not having it. So stand firm against the enemy. He wants to take you down, but you don't let him. You say, no. I have authority over you, and you have to bow your knee in Jesus' name. But verse four, uh, 24 says, he, he went on to say, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Believing that you receive. There's that word receive again. Believing that you take it, and you will have it. Did you get it right then? Mm-mm. Most likely not. Sometimes you might see an instant manifestation, but most of the time you don't. It's that faith thing again. <laughs> and we have to, faith pleases God. He loves for his kids to trust him and just say, okay, Father, I believe your word. I'm going to do what you said to do. I'm going to, I see that healing is mine and it's been provided for me. And actually you have already loosed me from everything the enemy could bring against me anyway. So I'm just going to walk out in faith, receive what I need from your, from your word. And I will have it. I know I will because your word says I will. So just rest in that. Faith is a rest. It's saying, I, I trust you, Lord. I, I'm resting in, in your word, and uh, I know it's going to come to pass. I know it's going to come to pass. Um, let's see what the time is here. I have a little bit more time. Um, <clears throat> Mark 5, a 21 through 43, you have an assignment. That's your assignment for this next this next uh, time. We don't have class next week. It's not a worship. The week after that, you have plenty of time to re read Mark 5, 21 through 43. I don't have time to read it all tonight. So, um, <clears throat> But this is just um, some, some faith demonstrations. Faith is demonstrated by word and actions. And sometimes words are the only uh, expression of faith that you have. But if you, get, if you have other actions to put in with it, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. But sometimes uh, just the words that you speak, words of faith that you speak, will, will get things going in the right direction. So your words. But J. Iris, um, his, her, his daughter was near death, and he fell at Jesus' feet. There we see the humility again, honoring God and humility, and asked the Lord to come and heal his daughter. And so he went with her. So he felt he there again. He, there was faith there. He could hear faith in in Jairus. And Jairus said, "If you come, she'll be healed." So that was his expression, his words of faith, right there. He was speaking in faith. She will live. So he went with her, and we know that the woman with the issue of blood interrupted the whole thing. They were on their way. <laughs> A little, I just wanted to talk to Jairus when I get to heaven and say, I just want to know what's going through your mind because I know you were just having a battle there because the daughter was almost dead already, and, and he knew that if Jesus got to her, she'd be well. But here comes the woman with the issue of blood. and But you're going to see some faith actions there too and some faith demonstrated. Um, <clears throat> let's look at... Um, 
27, she had heard about Jesus, and when she heard, faith came. So she heard that he was a healer. She heard that he, he was setting people free, so she knew that she could have that as well. So faith came. So she said as well, she used her words, if I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. So she used her words, her expression of faith in her words, and then she did something else. She had to press through. She had to do something else with her actions. She moved forward and she pressed through and there's a crowd. She was, she was in a hard place because she wasn't supposed to be out in the crowd. Uh, according to Levitical law, she had an issue of blood, so she was unclean. So she took a lot of chances there, but I believe she was at the point of no return. <laughs> she had spent all she had. She wasn't any better and she was only growing worse. And she thought, if I die, I die. That's probably her attitude. You know, if I die, I die. What's it going to, you know, what am I going to get? I'm either going to be healed or I'm going to die. So she knew if she made it to him and touched his clothes, she'd be healed. So she was able to make it through and touch his clothes and she was healed. And, and it, there's a little bit of a humor in this because, of course, Jesus felt the virtue go out of him. And he looked around, and she was probably trying to hide, but uh, then she, she came fearing and trembling, verse 33, and uh, knowing what had happened to her, and she fell before him there again is that humility, and she told him all the truth. This took some time, people. I know it took time. She told him all the truth. <laughs> Women have a lot of words anyway. <laughs> so she took some time, and here was Jairus, probably over there, my daughter. But, uh, but... She probably told him about all the doctors she had gone to and the money she had spent, and she was at the end of her rope. Anyway, she filled in all the blanks for him, I'm sure. And he said, Daughter, your faith has made you well, and go in peace. So, uh, But here's Jairus. I think one of the faith things with him, we saw him speak, if, if uh, you'll come and, and lay hands on her, she'll be healed. That was his, word, his words of faith. But he stayed close to Jesus. He didn't walk away and throw up his hands and go, well, it's too late. She was almost dead when I left. But he stayed close to Jesus. Uh, and when they came and said, Jairus, your daughter's dead. Don't trouble the master any longer. Jesus heard that. That's why I know Jairus didn't leave Jesus' sight. And he said, turn to Jairus. And he said, don't be afraid. Only believe. This is such an important thing with faith. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. If you, have a, you hear a bad report, you have a pain that's worse than what you had before you prayed, <laughs> don't be afraid. God has heard your prayer. He is answering your prayer of faith, and, and he's working something. I love, I love just the, the idea of faith is going on when we don't see anything. There is a scripture um, in Isaiah 45. It says, he is a God who hides himself. Isaiah 45, 15. He hides himself. He's not revealing himself. He's not, he's not showing, uh, showing in, the, in the sense realm that, um, you know, I'm doing something. You have to trust that he's doing something. When you receive your healing, he's doing something. When you prayed that prayer and you believe you receive, God steps in and he starts to move. Uh, healing comes from the inside. And it will work its way out, and you will see uh, the fruition, the manifestation. Eventually, sometimes a short matter of time, matter of time, and sometimes it'll be longer. But it doesn't matter. That part is God's part. Your part is staying in faith and believing, and not quitting. Like Jairus didn't walk away; he didn't quit. So, 
his daughter was raised up. Jesus raised her from the dead. And uh, he said, uh, and, and it says they were all overcome with great amazement. So it was a miraculous thing that had happened because she had died. But Jesus came in and lifted her up. So your situation can be very dire. It can be very, almost feels like it's near death. But don't give up. God hears our prayers of faith. What you need to do is make sure you get the word in you. You And I, I was thinking about, okay, where, you know, you just have to find a scripture that just resonates with you that you just say, this is what I'm going I'm to stand on this one right here. And I thought you have... You can Google healing scriptures. Did you know that? <laughs> and you probably have Bible Gateway on your phone. And if you have a good study Bible, you can have a concordance in the back. There's no excuse. You can find lots of healing scriptures. Find one that, you, that just resonates with you and say, okay, this is the one. And you can have more than one, but you can just grab one and say, you know, okay, uh, there's one that says, I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. He sent his word and healed me. He, he, uh, heals all, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. There's so many that you can just grab a hold of. Simple little words, simple little scriptures that are full of power in life. So grab a hold and uh, get that one in your heart. Speak it, meditate on it, and get it, get it deep in your heart. And when it's in your heart, there's faith there. So then act on that and say, I've got my scripture. I've got my scripture. Praise God. I'm, I'm receiving my healing. I, I want that bread. It belongs to me. So <clears throat> the, the children's bread, know that it's, uh, it's always on the table. Uh, do you like baked, fresh baked bread, the smell of it? Oh, my goodness. There's nothing better. <laughs> it's dangerous around our house because we, bo we both go and cut off those end slices and put butter all over it. And I thought, oh, this isn't, this isn't something I really, in the natural, need to really bake that often. But, uh, but it's delicious. And that's how his, his healing bread is. It's delicious. It's, it's perfect. Matthew uh, 7, 7. I'm not going to turn there. It says, if you seek, you will find. If you seek anything from the Lord, you're going to find it. He, he's, he's right there, and he'll help you. Trust the working of the Holy Spirit to take you to exactly where you need to be in Scripture. And then when you receive and you take your healing, that healing begins to work in you. You won't be able to see it most likely. You won't be able to feel it right at first, but it's working, and that's where you can rejoice over. It's working in you. There used to be a little song, a little chorus that we used to sing. It's working. It's working. The Word of God is working. Just let, just let those things roll in you. If you have a doubt, Resist that thought, replace it with, with, it's working. I trust God, and it's working. And enjoy your bread. There's a little um, story that, um, true thing that happened that I read about, a minister told about a friend of his. His name was uh, Doc Harton. And uh, many years ago, he was from a very large family. When they had, um, you would have the, the all the, the, uh, dishes on the table. I think he had a bunch of brothers, hungry brothers, and they, but he had a big table and they had food all over the table in plate and bowls and platters. And there was a rule at their table who ever saw the last biscuit and said, thank you for the biscuit. That, that biscuit was theirs. It may have been at the end of the table and they, it had to pass through all kinds of hungry mouths before it got to the one that said, that's my biscuit. 
thank you for the biscuit. So they, if they said, thank you for the biscuit, it was theirs, guaranteed. That biscuit had to be passed down and given to that one that called it, and he thanked him. He, he, he said, thank you for the biscuit. And I just want to encourage you to start saying, thank you for my biscuit, Lord. Thank you for my healing bread. Thank you. It's mine. It's going to come to me because I'm going to get in the word and I'm going to get full of faith and I'm going to receive everything you have for me and the freedom and the liberty and the wholeness that you have for me. Don't, don't, uh, don't be denied. You know, it belongs to you. Do not let the enemy trip you up and, and cause you to let go. You know, just if you get tired, just say, no, I have to get back in the word and I have to refresh myself. And thank you, Lord, for my bread. Thank you for the biscuit. I'm just thanking you for my healing. It's mine and I believe that it's working in me and I'm going to see the results of that. But until I receive the results, I know it's true because I believe your word. And you are not a man that you should lie. And you told me that by the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. You've loosed me from sickness. You've loosed me from disease and I'm free. So let all those confessions of faith and, and positive uh, words stay rolling in you. Don't let them go because the enemy will try to put the negative stuff. Resist that. Resist those things. I love the word resist. It means vigorously opposing, bravely resisting, standing face to face against your enemy, standing your ground. So stand your ground and do not let the enemy steal from you. Just keep resisting any negative thoughts or any, uh, any pains that might try to come up on you. Say, no, that doesn't belong to me. I've been loosed from that. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your precious word, your powerful word. Thank you, Father, for your healing bread for every one of these, Father. Oh, Father, I ask you to just, as they leave tonight, Father, that you keep this stirred within them. Lord, that they grab a hold, Father, and don't let go of what's theirs and what you want to do for them. Thank you, Father, for your blessing that rests upon each life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.